Welcome to the sermon podcast for New Life Church's Cabot Campus. We are located at 3400 West Main Street in Cabot, Arkansas. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. To find more information about what we believe, upcoming events, and more, please visit newlifechurch.tv or you can text the word Cabot to 88000. How many of you have ever... uh, been victim of a counterfeit before. Anybody ever been victim of a counterfeit uh, where something presented itself as a real thing, but then you, you fell for it, so you bought it, you paid for it or whatever, and then you realize like, no, this is not the right thing. Like it, it's risky ordering anything online anymore these days. And uh, I'll just tell you, I'll be vulnerable. What happened to me a few months ago, uh, I was on Facebook, and this ad came up, and it was running this special for these golf shoes, and I'm trying to play some more golf and stuff, and so I was like, man, that's a really good deal on those golf shoes. I'm like, I'll take three pairs, and uh, so I ordered them, and, uh, and I got a tracking number, the whole deal, right, and, and so I'm just like following this thing, but it's taking forever, and I'll tell you, like, that, I went to the website, and it looked, like, legit. Like, it was built, like, like it looked like it was a real thing. And uh, long story short, about three months later, after I had initially ordered them, I got my package. And it was this big. And it was a pair of knockoff Oakley sunglasses <laughs> not three pairs of golf shoes. And, uh, and so I was really, really disappointed, uh, but I decided I probably wasn't going to be able to fly over to China and resolve the issue. And so, uh, but that, I don't know if that's happened to many of you where you've, you've been scammed, you've fallen victim to something that, man, it just looked like it was a real thing. And then you found out, man, it's not the real thing. And I want to talk about that this morning. If you have your Bibles, Bible apps, turn to Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to be reading this out of the ESV this morning, starting in verse 24. It says this, He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at a harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. So majority of us probably have not fallen victim to agricultural sabotage. Um, This is probably not something that we're readily familiar with. But I'd be willing to bet that all of us have experienced sabotage in some other area. 
Sometimes something can seem very, very close to being right when it's not. And some of us, uh, one of the ways I have noticed that this can happen in some of our lives is just our understanding of how to spell certain things or how to say certain things. And so I, I came up with a couple of the most mispronounced or misquoted phrases, okay? And, and I think if any of us have mispronounced these things, misread, misspoken these things, the Lord wants to bring healing in our lives this morning. I believe that. Uh, here's one that I know I've messed up. For all intensive purposes, but it's really for all intents and purposes, okay? Anybody ever messed up? Come on, let's just be honest. Let's be vulnerable in the house today, okay? I could care less. Like, there's a whole lot more uncaring I could do <laughs> versus I couldn't care less which is the proper way to say it. Okay, here's one that gets me. Irregardless, which actually isn't actually a word. Like they, I looked it up, like they had to put it in the dictionary. It's like so many people are saying this, we have to put it in there, but stop saying it that way versus regardless. Okay, so one for me. I was in my 20s before I realized that I was saying spur of the moment incorrectly. I was saying it spare of the moment, like, which makes a lot of sense. Like if you have a spare moment, right, you can come in, do something in a spare moment, but it's spur of the moment. I'm sure there's many, many, many more that I've made mistakes. My wife, I asked her, I'm like, <laughs> we're driving down the road. I was like, babe, what are some other things that people say that is, is not correct? And she's like, well, a lot of times you say paved the road instead of paved the road. I'm like, what? No, I have never. And I started thinking, I was like, yeah, I do say paved with the TH instead of, I'm like, man, just, you can always count on your spouse to throw you under the bus. And, and it is rusty under there, I'll tell you. You can do something wrong for so long without even knowing it. And this stuff is small, but it, look, there can be major issues with this. We live in a day and age when it can be difficult to always tell what is good, true, and godly versus what is wrong, counterfeit, and worldly. And I want to make sure that we're examining. We have to take a regular inventory of what's going on in our lives, in our hearts. We have to keep an eye on things so that things that we don't want to grow don't wind up growing. Because if those things grow, they will choke the life out of us and the fruit that God wants to produce in us. So we may not have a lot of people coming by and planting seeds in our lawns, you know, like unless you live in Colorado and something's happening on the back 40 you're not aware of, but, but agricultural sabotage was actually such a common issue that the Roman Empire they actually had a specific law dealing with the crime of sowing a particular kind of wheat called darnel. Uh, and the reason why is because uh, darnel very closely resembles wheat in the early stages. And it's only when it starts producing the seed or the fruit, if you will, that you can tell the difference. Once it starts to produce the fruit, you can tell it apart 
and you can see what's the good crop and what's the weed. But you can't just start pulling out the weeds for a couple of reasons. One, at its early phase of growing, the roots of the good wheat have become tangled with the roots of, of the weed, the darnel. So if you pull it out, you're going to pull out your crop as well. And also, darnel looks a lot like wheat, but it's poisonous. So if you try to remove it the wrong time, the poisonous seed will spread and the whole crop will be compromised and ruined. So sometimes you have to wait. And at the right time, then you have to separate. And I have found that this has been what the season has been like for our family. Like there's a time to test fruit, a time to ask questions, a time to review the year, a time to ask God for fresh vision. And just like in farming, there are seasons of reaping and sowing and harvesting and separating what is good from what is bad. And it's the same in life. So I think there's a couple of questions that are worth asking about our personal lives in reference to this parable. What is growing in your life? What is growing in your life? Back to our text, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man sowed seed in this field, but while his men were sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and began and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Look, just because you may have some bad things sprouting up and growing in your life does not mean you're an evil person. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you have evil intentions. Because you'll notice that the farmer planted good seed, healthy seed. But his enemy came and planted the unhealthy seed. Sometimes bad seed gets in there because of our own choices, but we have a spiritual enemy who definitely has a plan to sow some things into our soul as well. And he's trying to plant seeds and trying to get them to take root so that it can affect the good things that are happening in our hearts as well. So what grew in your life over the past year and a half, and how can you tell? Easy. Look at the fruit. Is it healthy or is it poisonous? Is it bringing life or is it causing death? The enemy definitely has plans for you, but God has much, much better plans for you. In Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so here's the thing, that, that suggests that there is going to be struggle. I don't know a ton about farming, but I know it's not easy. And I know that sometimes you have to persevere. You have to push through some things. Another good question, what do you want to take with you that is fruitful? What do you want to take with you that is fruitful? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no. Less than gardening, gathering the weeds, you root up the weed along with them. 
Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the harvest time we'll tell the reapers, gather weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. In different seasons, you will have healthy things grow in your life and unhealthy things grow in your life. And it isn't necessarily what sprouts up in your life that determines your direction, but it's if you allow it to flourish. If you feed into it, if you allow it to remain too long. What is healthy? Test the fruit. Test the fruit. Did it build your faith? Did it strengthen your relationship with God, put you closer to his heart and closer in relationship with others? Did it move the kingdom of God forward? And so important, how did it align with the word of God? Because this is, has to be, the uncompromising standard of who we are as Christ followers. We cannot pick and choose verses, look for Greek words that fit within our definition of what is right and wrong to suit our opinion of morality. We have to look at it as the final word, the end all. Why? Not because we are trying to keep people from having fulfillment, from experiencing life to the fullest, but because God knows exactly what we need, when we need it, who we need. He knows all of those things. And any standard that it is in his word is to protect us, to give us life and life to the full, not to take it away from us. But this has to be the standard. Did the fruit meet the standard of the word of God? If we are patient enough and we wait and watch, in time, all things will show what they are by the fruit they produce. So this reminds me of another story in Acts, this Pharisee called Gamaliel. In Acts 5, starting in verse 33, it says this. This is a little bit of context. The apostles with Peter have been preaching the gospel. They got arrested. They got put in prison. An angel came, set them free. They went back to preaching again. So they brought them before the Sanhedrin, the spiritual court of that day. The Pharisees are there. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. Some time ago, Thutis appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all of his followers dispersed. And all came to nothing. After him, Judas, a Galilean, appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in a revolt. He, too, was killed, and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, then you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Look, over the course of this last year and a half, there have been a lot of narratives and a lot of people saying, this is the way. Come on, everybody, follow me. Here's the most important narrative to us as Christ followers. In the beginning, we were lovingly created by God. 
Then we were tempted by the devil and we fell. God sent Jesus to redeem the world. God sent the church to renew the world. Jesus will come back someday to finish that plan. Any narrative that tries to bring renewal and justice without God is a false narrative that will fall short every time. Every time. But these days, everybody seems to have an opinion about everything, and those with the loudest voices are the ones being heard and given the attention. And here's the thing. When you see those things, you may feel like, I've got solutions for the world. But listen, we will never experience the kingdom of God without coming under the kingship of Jesus. And that starts in your own hearts first. Also, only the Holy Spirit draws people to repentance and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. It's not your job, it's his. So no matter how many solutions you feel like you have, the best thing you can do is pray that the Holy Spirit moves and convicts the hearts of men. Here's my advice, be patient. Pray, wait for the fruit to present itself because fruit will always reveal the roots. Another good question, what do you need to leave behind that is poisonous? In verse 30, let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, we'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. Gather the weed into my barn. So if fruit is of God, well, we can see what the word says is that fruit. It's true love. Understand that is agape love. Not some other definition of love. It's agape love. It's true joy, true peace, true patience, true kindness, true goodness, true faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of God. So first and foremost, examine your own hearts and your own lives. Do you see this fruit examining or exhibiting itself in the way that you live? Because the fruit of the enemy is bitterness, discontentment, impatience, rudeness, flaky compromise, coarse words, and a lack of self-control. Ultimately, all denying the standard of God and his word. That's the fruit of the enemy. And here's the thing. All of these things can grow in us at any given time. In any of us. If you're a Christ follower, then yes, you have been justified through faith, but we are all in the process of sanctification. None of us have arrived. And the process of sanctification is inviting the Holy Spirit to examine the fruits of our hearts, of our souls, of our lives, and our actions. How does this line up with what should be produced through me? It's about not letting the things that are not of him stay. Don't let them stay. So what do you need to leave behind? For me, this last year, I had to make a choice uh, because I really started to get bitter. A lot of crazy things happened. I will say there was a part of me that even got bitter against you. the people that God has called me to love and shepherd. But I got bitter because at points I was just like, where is everyone? Where, 
What happened to our devotion? The truth is it was happening. People, but it was hard because this wasn't happening. So it was hard to measure. It was hard to see. But, but more than that, it was hard to know who to trust, where to stand. And so what happened is I saw bitter groups of people but then I also saw stubbornly hopeful groups of people. And I had to make a decision. Who do I want to align myself with? So I decided I'm going to align with faithful hope over prideful or fearful bitterness. I had to make that choice. Because if I allow myself to align with bitterness, uh, which really was just centered around what men can do instead of trusting God for who he is. The truth is this, we all pick from other people's gardens. On any given day, you're picking fruit from somebody else's garden. And sometimes the way that you pick from somebody else's garden happens scrolling with a thumb and then tapping on a button. That's the way you are eating and picking from someone else's garden. But what are you eating? And, and, and who are you picking it from? Is it someone that is rooted in the love and sovereignty of God or somewhere else? So I don't think the point of this particular parable is to suggest that we should just sit around trying to judge everything and be passive. But we need to do our best to abide and to spread the love of Jesus and trust God for the end results. That's what he's called us to do. One last question. What do you believe in God for in this season to come? You know, honestly, for me, it was, it was, it was so easy to get consumed in, in the now that it was difficult to always think about the vision and what God would want us to do going forward. I believe that the work of God will always outgrow destructive weeds from the enemy. Every time. Every time. You can just look at the cross for evidence. Just look at the cross. Satan planned to kill Jesus and to stop the kingdom of God from springing forth, but God always had something else in mind. That we, the church, would no longer be the people of Adam marked by the fall, but that we would be the people of Jesus marked by the resurrection. That we would carry a power and authority far greater than any strong nation, but that we as God's people will be indwelt by the very spirit of the living God. And that God himself would be both our high priest who intercedes for us, our guide who steers us, and our king who leads us. That has always been God's plan. And the enemy has plans but let's have faith that God's plans are higher and greater and better and more fulfilling and full of joy and peace and comfort. Let's be the people of faith, the people 
of the resurrection, the people of the word that like the weed in the field that the farmer planted would grow tall and healthy and produce good fruit. And that our ultimate mark of being a Christ follower would be godly love. Because godly love is enough. It conquers all. It's greater than all. That's where we need to be. So, what is fruitful that you want to take with you? What is poisonous that you need to leave behind? What are you believing God for the time to come? My prayer. My prayer goes right along with those words that we are singing in that song today. That we could be more committed to God than ever before. That we would be more committed to one another than ever before. That we'd be more committed to the renewal of the world than we've ever been before. Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I know we didn't laugh as much as we normally do, but sometimes I need to pastor you a little stronger. There's too much junk flying around out there. We came out of spring, pollen almost killed us all. You notice how easily that junk spreads. You notice how easily the weeds sprung up in your yard. Anybody else have a little bit of a weed problem? And I don't mean, but a different, <laughs> it's a different. If you do have a, a weed, we'd love to pray with you. Glad that you are here. You're probably hungry right now. But I mean like stuff that's growing in your yard that shouldn't be growing in your yard. And some of you are like, same thing. <laughs> I think you get the point. You got to be so vigilant, not allowing stuff in. Thing is, trust God. Trust God. You don't need to be a bull in a china shop with an overblown sense of justice thinking, I've, I've got some truth that somebody needs to hear. Let it grow. The fruit will show itself for what it is. <laughs> you can trust the Lord with that. Amen. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. I'm glad I was able to end with some humor. I wasn't planning that, but it worked. Father God, I thank you for who you are, your faithfulness, your goodness. And we do come before you. Uh, sons and daughters, and uh, I just pray that we would be led by your Holy Spirit to identify, first and foremost, just examine our own hearts, our own lives. That's our first purpose and priority, to know you and to be known by you in every detail of who we are. So we want to start there. So what I want to do, I want to just pray. I want us just to be honest and 
If there's any of us, man, you just realize, you realize that over a course of time, and it may have been way longer than even this last year that we've had, this could be something that you've recognized for a long time. It could be even a generational issue. We just realize, man, I've just, I've allowed some weeds. The enemy has planted some things. And I need the Holy Spirit to reveal what needs to remain and what needs to be separated. So if you're here, you would just say, man, that's me. I, I know I'm, I'm struggling in that. Would you just put your hand up? I wanna pray for you this morning. Just struggling. Yes, sir. Father God, we just come before you. We confess that we're weak. Confess that we need you. Would you move in our lives? Would you help us identify the things that are so temporary, fleeting, and help us to see what is eternal that remains no matter what. And let us be driven by your heart, by your plan, by your purpose, by your word, by the truth of who we are in you. In Jesus' name.